Hello, I'm Joshua Vickery. And I'm Mary Thompson Hunt. Welcome to From the Heart. Central Florida is widely known for its tourist spots and attractions, but many people don't know about its thriving arts community. On this show, we are excited to introduce to you talented and passionate artists who shape our arts community. How do they create and why? And how can Central Florida benefit from an even greater arts presence? On each episode, we'll introduce you to guests who are influential leaders and artists who are truly making a difference. From the Heart, with a capital A-R-T. Well, hello, Mary. Hi, Joshua. How you doing, my friend? I'm good. How are you today? I am doing wonderful. I always love Thursdays because that's when we get to record. It's no secret that this isn't live. Yeah. <laughs> well, if it was, I just told I just told it. <laughs> <laughs> but I love Thursdays because we get to meet so many wonderful people and get to have such great conversations mm-hmm. about uh, about art in a variety of ways and the people who are shaping that here in our Central Florida community. Mm-hmm. It's always a joy. Did you have a good week in the arts yourself? I did. I had a very busy week in the arts, which I think is probably pretty pretty normal for me. But yeah, some really good stuff. I was actually um, in Tallahassee last week, and we just got word that the arts funding recommendation for our state funding keeps climbing, uh, which is good. You know, last year we were cut by 94% down Mm -hmm. to $2.5 million. We were the second, now the second uh, lowest funded uh, uh, state in the whole country for arts funding. And so we're getting kind of real live updates from Representative Eskamani and Representative Carlos Guillermo-Smith, who we had on the show, mm-hmm. to talk about advocacy. And it's climbing. So the House is up to recommendation of a little over $10 million, and the Senate is over $20 million. So hopefully um, the Senate will <laughs> keep keep fighting for that. And if we can you know, get up to that $20 million mark, that's a game changer for our organizations. It really is, especially during these times when that's that's a gift it is a gift Mm -hmm. and the fully funded you know funded ask you know we go through a vetted grant process across the state 620 organizations have asked for for this funding and been approved by the division of cultural affairs that's 61 million dollars so we're still nowhere near what we what we really need to fund the grants but again 20 million is still better than 2 million so we're making progress and i'm really proud of the central florida region we've really been leading the way across the state of, of, you know, trying to get this funding back from state arts forums to being at the Capitol to meeting with legislators. Um, we've been really proactive. So We have a hub of artists and artist supporters here. It's pretty amazing. We really do. And we have um, just people who are passionate about advocacy. Mm-hmm. It's one thing to be passionate about arts. Mm-hmm. And then to add the advocacy in there is a whole other thing, yeah, right? It's a whole different talent. Yeah, too. it's being proactive. Mm-hmm. It really, really is. It's one thing to say, hey, we believe in the arts and we know it's important. It's another to go and fight for it. Mm-hmm. So we're, well, I'm, I'm proud of our fight. team. You fight the good fight, friend. Oh, thank you. It's sword in hand. <laughs> How about you, Mary? Well, this week um, at Disney, Steve Harvey was back with his Dreamers Academy. They take young children from around the country who excel in the arts, who aren't really well off, but um, because of their grades and because of what they've done with their talent, they all get a trip down to Walt Disney World and get what they call a deep dive into the art of their choice. So I always work with the actors. And boy, I had a real bright group this year that were all just hungry to learn what it would take to one day work at Disney. I'm like, well, that's really easy. I mean, just keep doing what you're doing. Yeah. And one, one little child, I, I say little child, he's probably about 14, so that's not so little. Um, he raised his hand. He goes, well, my mother says that always just be the best you can at everything you do. And whatever you're good at, just keep being good at that. And if you're meant to do something else, you will. She doesn't necessarily want me to be an actor, but I'm being really good at science because I know one day I'm going to be really good as an actor. 
And I went, I love it. You are so right. That's awesome. You are so right because there's a little bit of destiny to all of us, Mm -hmm. but you never know what what life is throwing at you to one day be prepared for a certain role. Yeah. Or one day you might be a scientist and then go into acting or go into acting and then go into science. You don't know. You never know. But take her advice because that way you also get her support being an actor. Yeah. And uh, it was just really fun to see him like light up. So, yep, that's what I'm doing. Well, you know, it's interesting, though. You have had the, the really the pleasure of being an actress your entire life. You wanted to be a performer and you've been a f- performer your whole your whole career. Yes. That, that's not how the case for most people. It's a blessing. They take many different journeys. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would have never thought that I was going to be leading a nonprofit. I mean, I would have, yes. if you would have asked me that when I was even 21 or 22 and they said, you're going to be an executive director of nonprofit. I would have said, a what? What mm-hmm. is that? Like, I just, it wasn't something I ever thought. And it's interesting how life's journey takes you. You're preparing for this thing. Things. And to be able to tell them that no matter what you're preparing for, everything you ever do, pay attention to your life. Because as an artist, you never know when you're going to call on it. Uh, recently, a few of us were asked to do this program called Vital Talk, which I've done for a few years now. And it's done with doctors who are learning how to give bad news to their patients. Mm. So doctors on their own dime fly in to take this kind of compassionate care workshop mm. over a week. And myself, and I was entrusted, I've done this so many years, to bring in three other actors. So, of course, I brought in the comics, who were great, who were great. <laughs> They're also good actors. Um And we have to sit there and have these young doctors tell us that we're going to die or that um, how much time we have left. Mm. And every time I'd break into tears because I'd think about my children. I don't even have children. (laughs) But just thinking about them would make me cry because that's why I'm an actor. I just can believe anything, (laughs) even myself. Um, But it was it was jarring for some of them to have to deal with emotion because they're, they've just spent eight years on the left side of their right, brain. Right. And now to be coached by the coaches who were coaching us and them. Mm. But I thought, you know what? What a gift to think that an actor can actually help these doctors mm. heal people. Mm-hmm. I mean, not heal, but to help them gain empathy. That's for sure. You know, it's to like help that. Them get through this. Yeah. It's like that elective that we were able to to teach with UCF with the with the fourth year medical students. Yes. And that was about, you know, how do we use the arts to help them become better doctors, you know, and how do we use, you know, uh, theater of the oppressed and all of those things to help them with multicultural sensitivities and observation skills and empathy and all of these things that you don't learn in a textbook in medical school. Mm-hmm. But it's, you know, a a, a um, not a dialysis, that's not the right word. Looking for a diagnosis. That's the right word. Your dialysis is a little bit <laughs> no, different. A little bit different. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, Tom's Tom's laughing at me. So a diagnosis is you know it's fifty percent medical knowledge and fifty percent listening, right? It's getting your patient to be honest with mm-hmm. you to tell you what's really going on, and being able to be empathetic and to be able to approach that person and look them in the eye and talk to them and have compassion. That's huge mm-hmm. for, for a doctor. Mm-hmm. You know, um, not not to change the subject, but I just think it's really funny that you uh, brought up Steve Harvey on the day that we're talking about the art of pageantry. <laughs> Isn't it funny? It is funny. Did you I mean, need to do that? Uh, no. Because Steve Harvey will go down in pageant history. <laughs> As will this show. Let's hope Speaking Steve Harvey's agent doesn't call us and say, you aren't supposed to talk about that. But, you know, the Dreamers Academy is beautiful because you and I met at American Idol at Disney. And um, I was a casting director and you were talent there. And 
they would have people come and sing from the academy yeah. on the American Idol stage. Yeah, I remember. And Steve Harvey would come, and mm-hmm. it was such a cool experience mm-hmm. for the kids who wanted students who wanted to be singers one mm-hmm. day, and they got to s- sing on a Disney um, a Disney stage. So it was really awesome. Well, we are excited today to have uh, a conversation that's a little bit outside of the box for us. And I love how sometimes we think about art in a different way. So we've had conversations about the art of leadership, the art of business, and so today we're having a conversation about the art of pageantry. And uh, we're talking to our guest, Michael Nutter, who ha- who, pro- who knows more about pageantry probably than anybody in Central Florida, I'm sure. <laughs> and and so welcome, Michael. Welcome, thank you. Michael. Thank you so much. Thank, thank you for inviting me. Of oh, course. Yes. We got to meet uh, Michael uh, when Mary and I were hosting the Miss Orlando pageant and Miss City Beautiful pageant uh, in January. And this was our third year. I think, Michael, this is our first year getting to work with you. Yes. Yeah. And um, you were just awesome. So kind and, and gracious and helped us. Calm and cool. Some, yeah, just <laughs> calm and cool. Like, you Thank know you. the business. So tell us a little bit about yourself. How did you get into into pageantry? Like, have you ever been in a pageant yourself? Like, what, <laughs> Tell us how this started. Well, I can't tell you that I've been in a pageant myself, but <laughs> I will tell you that I think it's in my blood. So... When I was born, my mother owned a charm and etiquette school, oh. and, I, and it was so amazing to watch her. She was a very unique, uh, uniquely elegant woman, and so I used to be by her side when she was teaching classes on you know, etiquette and poise and diction and the whole nine yards. So I remember watching my mom, and then of course, because she had that business, she was invited often to judge the Miss West Virginia pageant. Mm. So I never went to that pageant with her, but you know, it started at a very young age. Then fast forward till I moved to Orlando and I was at an Easter brunch one day and I looked over and I saw these two really great looking guys. I thought those guys look like people I'd want to know. And so uh, I go up and introduce myself and uh, we started talking and getting to know each other. And I said, um, so what do you all do? And they said, uh, we're in a, a women's dress shop. And I thought, how interesting. You're two guys <laughs> in a women's dress shop. Okay. And so uh, they were very humble. Like I just thought it was a women's dress shop. Next thing you know, I find out that they actually have even at that point, this was probably 20 years ago, had dressed, you know, many Miss State pageant holders, many Miss Americas, even a Miss Universe or World in there wow. somewhere. Wow. So, uh, you know, they, they actually, you know, own a, a gown shop in uh, Thornton Park, and they've been there for many, many years, and uh, they have quite the history. So when you go into their store, you see a giant wall that's just covered with pictures of beautiful, you know, pageant contestants that they've dressed. Is that where Erica Dunlop got her yellow it is. Down. It absolutely is. And I only know that because I told you Frank Archinok no, but he mentioned that he took her to the shop that so that must have been that shop. Yes, yes. It Your was my friend Carrie across. who designed it. I love it. And I you did. met them originally in West Virginia? No, is no. It? We met oh, here. I so okay. after I moved from West Virginia to here. Got it. We met at a party here in Orlando. Okay, so let's back up. So what do you learn? In a charm and etiquette school. <laughs> I was going to ask that. What is on the agenda? Let's find out. Okay. You know, it's so funny. Well, and of course, this was decades ago, so it was maybe a little bit different of what we would consider charm and etiquette today, but it was really about, about posture and about how to walk. Mm. I mean, my sister used to have to walk around the house with a book on her head. Oh, wow. And I remember Are you serious? That. Yeah. You did I was a guy, so I got out of that part, but... <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I could do that. I think I would... I don't think yeah, my... <laughs> Mary's telling me to sit up. I mean, probably should. <laughs> well, and it's so funny. My mom had really strict standards. So I remember that there was um, there was a young lady in our town, and uh, she was a, a really excellent belly dancer. But, you know, takes us back to, you know, maybe the 60s or 70s, right? And uh, so she was thinking, you know, I don't really know 
you know, I, I certainly want to help her. But at the same time, she's like, I don't know if I want, you know, this particular young woman representing my, <laughs> my uh-huh. charm and etiquette school because, you know, she really, she trained a lot of models. She trained a lot of uh, folks that went on to do acting. Wow. Um, so it was really about, and, and about social graces, right? Yeah, how so, do you carry yourself? How do you act in public? How do you sit at a dinner table? You know, right. all those kind of things. Which fork to use? I was exactly. just going to say, mm-hmm. did they help Very them important. know yeah. which fork or spoon to use? Because I need that. Yes. I still don't know. Did you ever hear my, I, you know, you didn't, but have you ever heard my, my governor story? No. Okay. So I, I got, this is totally off the subject, but this is, people need etiquette school because I went, I got invited to have dinner at the governor's mansion and I got to go. They invited a group of community leaders. There was like 25 of us in the governor's mansion having dinner with the governor's wife. And I walk in and I was already really nervous about it. And I'm like, please don't sit me near them. Like, cause I don't want to be (laughs) slopping my dinner sitting near the governor and his wife. This is governor Scott. And they, and I did, I had to sit right by Mrs. Scott and I was sitting right beside her and she's so proper and so charming. (laughs) And I had, and they had like 15 pieces of silverware and I had no idea. It was like a five course meal. I had no idea which fork or which spoon to use. And it was, it was a really embarrassing moment for me. I believe you start from the inside out. It's actually outside in. Outside in. Right. Oh, see. Right. So that's a tip. completely done. Yes. I used to set tables. Uh, yeah, it was totally. So you work your way in from okay. the outside. Yeah. And and I always just look around and see what everybody else is doing, too. Oh, oh that's <laughs> Just too. watch Mrs. Scott in that situation. Wow. I really did. I did. But I remember in that moment thinking, gosh, I wish somebody had taught me how to mm. do all this the right way. Because, I mean, it seems silly, but it, it wasn't in the moment. Yes. <laughs> what was the name of your mom's charm school? It was the American Modeling Academy. So was she part of a franchise? No, no, no. it was her very own business. Her oh. very own thing. But I love that she was patriotic. Amer- <laughs> yeah, <laughs> got to throw an American in there. <laughs> Wouldn't be right if it was a Canadian, right? Not home. Maybe not. Well, we're enjoying our conversation with Michael Nutter and talking, beginning to talk about the art of pageantry. We're going to come back and learn more about charm and etiquette, but also how the arts are infused into pageantry. Join us back here on Magic 107.7 FM from the heart. Welcome back to From the Heart. I'm Mary Thompson Hunt here today with my astute, sagacious, and erudite (laughs) co-host Joshua Vickery. And we're talking all about Miss America pageant with Michael Nutter. Michael, it is such a pleasure to be here with you. One of my favorite things each year, the last few years, has been co-hosting for the Miss Orlando pageant, the Miss America pageant. And uh, to, to have you here to answer all the questions I thought about since I was a little girl. (laughs) <laughs> I'm ready. <laughs> oh, actually, we've been talking a little bit about how the pageants have changed over time. What are some of the stereotypes that you want to say, nope, that does not exist any longer? Great question. Thank you, Mary. Um, I think one of them is that you know there can still be a stereotype that it's truly a beauty pageant. Mm-hmm. And uh, to me, it is far from just a beauty pageant. You know, It did start in 1921, actually as a bathing suit contest. Well, define and- beauty pageant. Yeah. So that people will know how to yes. tell the difference. Yeah. So it, beautiful. So, you know, in the day, you know, there was much more uh, beauty to me around uh, what you got awarded. So as an example, in the 1940s, if you became Miss America, you got a movie contract and a fur 
at your price, mm-hmm. right? And then in the mid-40s, a former Miss America winner said, wow, what if we gave out scholarship money to college instead? Mm. And so that really made a transformation because mm. to me, you know, back in the days when you got a movie contract in a fur, it probably was much more about beauty. Yes. Now, you know, it is, the Miss America organization has certainly evolved <laughs> to it's much more about empowering, you know, wonderful young women and giving them scholarship money towards their college. And yeah. it can be significant. I mean, you know from Miss America, or I'm sorry, from Miss Orlando and Miss City Beautiful, mm-hmm. $10,000 worth of scholarship money were given away at that local pageant, which is impressive. It goes a long way. Yeah, it's yeah. really incredible. You said it started as a, as a bathing suit. Was it was yeah. it um, started by a bathing suit company? Or like, how, yeah. how did it, where was its origin? Atlantic really, City, right? It was not Atlantic City. And it it's funny. No, it was not yeah. Atlantic City. Yeah. I'm a Jersey girl. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it was, and actually, Miss America was hosted in Atlantic City for so many years. And then it sort of went to Las Vegas and now, you know, back to Atlantic City. Uh, but yeah, it started as uh, what they called a bathing beauty review. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I'm not sure about the history of how that all originated, but it truly was the first one was around, you know, a bathing suit, you know, review kind of thing. And then it sort of transformed. And the next thing you know, you know, how it transformed from a true pageant perspective is, you know, all of a sudden now they're adding talent. Mm. And now they're adding things that are much more beyond, you know, how you look in a bathing suit. Mm-hmm. Right? And bathing suits have changed a little bit since the 1920s. A little bit. Now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I know. These years, these days, it's two-piece bathing suits. I right. remember back in the day, it was like. Well, in the 1920s, yeah. it was like a, you were basically wearing a dress. A dress. I mean, it was like. Yeah, <laughs> for the beach. Yeah. <laughs> that could go in the water, you know, <laughs> a, a little bit different. So we were talking earlier about, you know. Uh, Mary and I, uh, about the interview process, you know, Mary and I, we get stressed out when we host these things. When these poor young ladies get asked these tough, tough questions. um, About gun control, birth control. Marijuana, legalization of marijuana. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And political questions. It's really changed. What do you think about that? And what what prompted that? You know, know, so I think that's that's actually more about getting away from the beauty and more about who the person is mm-hmm. and how wise they are for their age. And it's so funny. I just judged a pageant this past weekend, the Miss Florida Citrus and Miss Winter Haven pageant. And uh, we walked away as a judging panel. There were five judges. We were all so impressed with the young ladies that presented themselves at this pageant because, you know, we, we take ourselves back to when we were, you know, 17 to 25 years old. And when you think about a panel of five, you know, senior adults sitting there asking you any question that they want, Mm. And you being ready to answer them, you know, and there were a couple of people uh, in this particular pageant who were brand new. This was their first pageant ever. And they did such an amazing job. I mean, I thought, I don't know, you know, we, we uh, the judges actually talked about, I don't know when I was 18 or 19, could I stand in front of, you know, this group of five people and let them fire any question and actually, you know, in most cases, know something about the topic and have an intelligent answer about mm-hmm. it. Yeah. So right there alone, you think about, you know, just the gift that they would have to be able to stand there. And have the confidence to do that. Can you think of any of the questions on you to Joshua from the last pageant or that they had to answer that made you go, whoa? Uh, there were a few for us. I know gun control was one. Yeah. And one of them was about the Me Too movement. You know, how yes. do you oh, feel yes. like women can be protected? And I just thought, and I, I don't remember the exact answer, but the the young lady handled it with such poise. That's great. How are they coached on questions like that? Right. Well, that's a great question, Mary. And, you know, it's funny because, you know, some pageant contestants do have, you know, a coach. And and in this day and age, you know, technically from a Miss America organization perspective, that's not necessarily, right. you know. That's, but uh, what advice would you give to someone out there on answering a question like that, even at a job interview? You know, I would say be very real. 
with mm-hmm. with don't try to fake an answer because I think the more that that a judge can see that you're being very real. When you say real, you mean honest. Very honest with it. so if if you don't know, it's okay to not know or to say you know I have to do some research on that and get back with you, as opposed to like trying to grab something out of the air because you're you know maybe nervous. Or, what if you do know and you think it might be unpo- unpopular? Now from a now with that I would say go with your gut on what you think is right in your heart because to me. I would so much rather see somebody passionately deliver mm-hmm. what they feel in their heart as opposed to giving a happy so answer. So you that, give your real answer and it's not maybe popular, but then you give your story as to why? Yes, exactly. Like if you can, When I grew up can, in my family, this is what happened yes, to me. Yes, or from my life experiences yeah. to this point, this is why I have this view, right? And so then we ju- can understand it. We're not judging your answer, but we understand yours is coming from a place where you thought about it and from your experience. Yes, and, and actually as mm-hmm. judges, you know, uh, part of the process is Every time you go to judge a panel, no matter if you've done it once or a hundred times, you know there is a Florida state level you know, director or representative there who takes you through and reminds you of all of the guidelines. So one of them is, it's okay if they have, of course it's okay if they have a different view than you, uh, but it really we're judging on how well did they answer. You know, were they passionate about about their feelings about the topic? So you would say, because we were talking about earlier, there there were times where we could tell the young ladies were playing it safe. Yes. You know, they were kind of being politically correct and not really answering the question. Yes, it, was it was very like articulate. Yeah, it was very articulate. But you would say you would rather as a judge than kind of dive into exactly. one way or the other and really answer the question. That was like the difference between cotton candy or a Snickers bar. So they had more <laughs> satisfaction. What? No, I'm sorry. I was Everybody food. knows it should be cotton candy, right? <laughs> That's true. That's very true. Well, and so you're saying that they don't really, their prep is on their own for that kind of thing. They, yeah. they just need to be aware of current events and aware of topics that, are they handed a list of topics in advance of these are the types of no. things that might be covered wow. in questions? That's amazing yeah. to me. I think it is amazing yeah. too. Did you ever witness a meltdown? I did. And actually, I, I'll... This is really the beauty. This is a, also a great story about the beauty of pageantry and watching people grow through the system because I was judging Miss Tampa probably about eight years ago. And, uh, you know, I've been doing this for quite a while. So the first like seven or eight contestants had come out and I was really wondering, I was like, wow, because it just didn't seem like uh, there was like a clear, you know, anybody outshining yet. And I was like, hmm. So next thing you know, here comes this very gracious and beautiful young lady. And I thought, Ah, and next thing you know, we're talking through the interview and she's answering every question just beautifully. And I thought, oh no, this girl, you know, and next thing you know, um, it, it's so funny because I think that she had so prepared on sort of the big level questions, but I decided to ask her sort of like a heart question. So I said, you know, could you tell us about one of your life's most challenging moments and how you dealt with it? Wow. Mm. And, uh, she literally, do you remember the Stepford wives and the, yes. the right? So the original version. So it was as if, you know, she was the one that uh, all of a sudden she got off kilter (laughs) and she said, Oh, um, well, I don't think I've ever had one of those. I'll have to get back with you. And I thought, Oh, what? It was like no challenging life moment at, you know, 19 or 20 or whatever. Now, let me tell you, fast forward to another pageant three or four years ago. She is the first contestant, same young lady coming back to a different pageant. I'm the head judge and I get to ask her her first question. And I looked at her and said, Hi, can you tell me about your life's most challenging moment and how you dealt with it? She nailed that question so beautifully that oh. I literally almost got a tear in my eye. Wow. I almost want to cry. What a teaching moment Do you moment remember for what her. the story was? Oh, of course I do. Will I, you tell because, it? Yeah, because I got a tear in my eye. So she said, yes, yeah, yeah. first of all, she smiled and looked at me with this big smile and said, yes, I can. <laughs> 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 and she said, you know, um, she said, as I was choosing my platform, because each 
each contestant gets to choose a platform that's important to them. That's like their cause, right? That they're, they're willing to really go out for. And so hers was uh, alcoholism and alcohol awareness. And she said, you know, years ago when I first started into pageants, you know, I, I she said, first of all, I have an uncle who passed away mm. uh, from being an alcoholic. And she said, so I'm very passionate about that because I love my uncle so much. And I wanted to choose alcoholism and awareness as my platform many years ago, but my parents really wanted me to shy away from that because they didn't really want to expose that, you know, to the world. And uh, I decided that I didn't want other young ladies to lose an uncle like I did, so I decided to make it my platform anyway. Wow. Wow, right? That's, that's amazing. That's beautiful. Thank you. Yeah, and I wondered as they were sharing their platforms, I thought, I wonder if this is coming from a personal place, each one of these people, you know? Like Great question. They've chosen these things because... You know, if it's music and memory, then maybe they had a grandmother who had dementia. Can you tell? Oh, yes. Well, and they will usually, and and that's a great question, Joshua. It's They will absolutely tell you as part of the, you know, why. And sometimes if they don't automatically reveal that, we will ask, you know, so what made you choose or what inspired you to choose your platform? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And many, many times we will hear a story about, you know, either a family member or a dear friend who, you know, had some kind of impact from this thing that they're choosing to really raise as their platform. You can tell too, can't you? When someone's so. sharing something yeah. like personal. I think so. You know, we were talking about, I think we were referring to the fishbowl questions and you were talking some about the backstage interview, yeah. which, oh, is, yes, oh. exactly which is right. a big portion yeah. of it, right? Isn't it like a big percentage of the score? Huge. So the, the largest percentages from a scoring perspective are the the 10-minute interview that's a private. So, it's so not everyone minutes. gets to see that. So yes. it's 10 minutes. And each judge gets to ask one question? or No, no, no. It's actually, you'd be surprised how many questions we do get in in 10 minutes because it moves fast. Yeah, yeah. So we've got a panel of five judges. You know, we've got the young lady in front of us. And we just, so it's sort of a process. So... Um, as you're lined up as five, you know, so I'll get to ask the first question of the first contestant and then we go down the line and then we rotate. And at the same time, we're firing all these questions. And so at nine and a half minutes, we will get a flag from that state representative that's in the room that they've got 30 minutes to sort of, or 30 seconds to do a closing. Oh. And so I will remind them or whoever's the head judge will remind them, you've got 30 seconds for a closing. Is there anything else you'd Make like your to case. leave with us? <laughs> yes, exactly. Make your case. Yeah. And so it's really fascinating, you know, because we get in so much and we, we really, I mean, I've always wanted, you know, and I think every judge really wants that contestant to walk away feeling great about the interview. Yeah. So we don't want any dead time. Like to me, silence, especially as that contestant can really feel awkward, right? Mm-hmm. Because like, Oh, well, you know, you don't have anything else to ask me. So we are just firing all the time and we get so much in. Yeah. It's sort of fascinating, really. Do you have, si- go ahead, Mary. Do you have a 30 second uh, wrap up that stands out in your mind that, wow, that just hit you? Yeah, it's so funny. Um, I was just thinking about this past, this past weekend's pageant and there was a young lady who was so passionate about vaping and sort of, mm. you know, the health risks of vaping. And the interesting thing was, for it to really stand out, I would think, okay, so she has, you know, a young family member or something, but she didn't, she was so concerned with the youth at her school and how much she sees of it. And by the time that she got done with, I thought, wow, I, you, cause even I didn't realize some of the risks that she shared about vaping, you know, and how, how wonderful it is because, you know, with vaping, you can put like a sweet oil or something next thing, you know, it sort of, you know, tastes good. And next thing, you know, the kids are like wanting it and it's really, you know, it's not so good for you really. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. I was just hearing an NPR special not this morning talking from the from the FDA head of the FDA saying about 
yeah. the, the effects of vaping, how they did it to try to get adults off of nicotine, but yes. they had no idea that all these youth yes. would pick it up. And so what a what a crazy what, what a crazy platform to have to talk about as a teenager, mm. but yeah. but super important. So we're going to be back and continue this conversation about the art of pageantry in just a few moments. So please join us with Michael Nutter from The Heart, Magic 107.7 FM. Welcome back, our wonderful listeners, and happy Sunday night. This is Joshua Vickery with my beautiful co-host, Mary Thompson Hunt. She's looking around. You know who I'm talking to. And uh, welcome back to From the Heart. And today we're having a really uh, fun conversation, something that Mary and I have dabbled in just a little bit, but it's still a different world for us, and that's the that's the world of pageantry. And uh, we've talked a little bit about you know, Michael Nutter and, and, and his expertise in this area. And we've talked about charm and etiquette school, the importance of, of, of being ready for the interview questions and how this is empowering to women and not degrading. And, and so we want to tie this kind of back to the arts, right? Like uh, this is a show about the arts. So, and the show is called the art of pageantry. Tell us how the arts play a role in uh, picking your, your winners. Yes. So actually, I think from multiple perspectives, Joshua. So one is obviously in the talent that Mm. the contestants choose, right? So you can see anything from a baton twirler to, you know, somebody singing opera, Mm. beautiful piano playing. I mean, all of that is art. And actually, uh, in the pageant that that the two of you co-hosted, Miss Orlando, Miss Say Beautiful, there was actually someone speaking of art who went and in uh, what a 90 seconds created a beautiful art piece. It was beautiful. Painted a picture, yeah. right? So I think, you know, arts are all over the pageant when you really look at it. Also, even from uh, how the contestants choose their dress, right? Mm. It's very selective on, you know, what color should I wear and what color really goes with my skin tones? What mm-hmm. makes me look the best and feel the best? Mm-hmm. Back to something we were talking about earlier, Mary, about the, the whole how you feel in the dress. And that's mm-hmm. what we're looking for as a judge when a contestant's out there in a dress. It's like, you know, it's not about the beauty of the dress. It's about how well does she really own that dress? Mm. How does she, how does she, from a self-confidence perspective, display that in that mm-hmm. dress? And, you know, how does she really feel? Mm-hmm. Mm. And you mentioned this earlier that they, they are responsible for doing their own hair and their own makeup. Yes. Which is also art. We didn't know that. I'm not a yes. woman, but I know it takes a lot of artistic <laughs> creativity yes. to do your makeup and how do you make use sure the right your hair shades is perfect. And the contours and the right, you know, and you know, your hair's got to be great in the back too. Cause yeah. you're going to turn around. That, <laughs> <stage>. <laughs> that's true. I love that. that is true. What is maybe, and I don't, I'll use the word interesting. What are, you know, we saw the painting, which was so cool. What is maybe some of the most interesting talents Talent? you've seen? Yeah. Um, so it's funny. Someone did, um, this really interesting, it was a sort of an encapsulated gone with the wind in 90 seconds at Miss Florida one time. And I'll just never forget it because she literally changed costumes on stage, oh. this contestant, and she told the Gone with the Wind story in 90 seconds. Wow. That's, That's a wow, cool. right? I, did that get a lot of laughter too? <laughs> oh my goodness, yes. I bet that yeah. was incredible. It was beautiful uh, and so I, creative. Uh, I don't know nothing about birthing no babies. <laughs> <laughs> of course she had that in there too. <laughs> I'll never be hungry I love again. Go the Wind. That's my mom's <laughs> favorite movie. We've oh. watched it a hundred times. So, can they pick any talent they want? Is there any kind of vetting process? Or 
It's, yeah, I mean, you, you can, I mean, certainly it has to be sort of approved uh, by whoever that pageant director is. Uh-huh. Uh, and it also has to fit into the venue. So let's say that you want to do baton twirling, but you're on a stage that has a 10-foot ceiling or something. Oh. That might limit you. Sure. So it really sort of depends on the venue and the stage director, or I'm sorry, the pageant director's, you know, perspective on that talent. But, you you know, it's certainly open to, you know, what your talent is. Yeah. And if you don't, if it's not approved, they would just let you know, like, if you could deal cards really fast shoot yeah. guns really quickly. Like, I'm just saying there's some things you probably can't do I think shooting guns will be the talent Mary water guns water pistols you know but just while we're talking about this it makes me again realize how well rounded these these women are yes. you know not only do they have to be confident and poised but they have to be articulate mm-hmm. in their interview and they also have to have a talent, yes. a recognized talent. We all have talents, mm-hmm. but they have to have a recognized talent that they're not afraid to put out to the world. Um, I think that's really cool, it's, beautiful. It's very cool. And, you know, it is one thing that sets the Miss America pageant system apart from the Miss USA pageant system, right? right? So oh. with Miss USA, there are all the same components except for talent. And with Miss America, you know, we add that talent in because that is another really important aspect. Mm-hmm. So Miss USA does not have a talent section. Correct. Oh. When I was in a, a junior Miss pageant in, in high school, there was one girl, and I never forgot her because she wrote her own children's story, and she had the slides above her. So she read the children's story. It was very short, and wow. I just thought that was really clever. That is, is clever. So you really can do all sorts of things. What was your talent? I sang a song. Do you remember what you sang? Mm-hmm. I sang nothing from a course line. It had just opened. And I won in talent. And the judges thought I wrote it because it had just opened. Oh, right wow. outside of New York City. <laughs> I didn't know that. Later, I would have certainly told them. I never said I wrote it. But um, anyway. Yeah. That's I funny. was first runner up in Miss Congeniality. Uh, <laughs> talent. <laughs> <laughs> so you know a little more about pageantry than I do, Mary. You were in a pageant. It was fun. Did you wear a bathing suit? No. It was Junior Miss. What, and so that means you didn't. I don't know. I just know I didn't. <laughs> I wouldn't have been in it. <laughs> <laughs> That's where you drew the line. So, uh, so there's arts all in in pageantry, and it's really, so yes. much an important aspect of it. So, Michael, if we have young ladies out there listening, or or moms and dads who know their their daughters, or this is something interesting, how do you even get started in this journey? Great, great question. So, I would recommend uh, first of all starting really at the Miss America organization site and trying to find where that local opportunity is, because you know. Let's back up from Miss America. So every state, you know, has a state winner that goes on to Miss America. And then to get to the state level, there is a, a local competition level. So we have Miss Orlando who yes. went to Miss Florida who went to Miss America. Oh, exactly. So Erica Dunlap's a great mm-hmm. example of that. Mm-hmm. She became, she was a Miss City Beautiful, went one Miss Florida, went on to become Miss America. So beautiful story. Um, so yeah, so you're looking for those local area pageants. You know, where, where do I live? What is the closest one to me? And really finding out who that is. Because you can find most of that online. Google search it. Google search it. And then if not, I mean, certainly contacting one of the um, links at the Miss America pageant system will get you to where you need to go. And what if someone wants to start training now? What if they're 10 or 11 and they keep saying, Mommy, one day I want to do that. How can mom get them started now? Should they take charm charm class, dance school? Well, you know, so what I would start thinking about is, okay, well, let's start thinking about the components of of how you're going to be judged. So let's start with talent, right? So what are you passionate about? Are you, are you good with the baton? Can you sing? Can you dance? You know, so what is it that you're going to be passionate about to really get that mm-hmm. training that you need to be ready? Because and what about public speaking? Public speaking. So, oh, that's a beautiful one, mm-hmm. Mary. So absolutely. So, you know, whatever it is, 
go out for those things at school that put you out front, mm-hmm. right? And get you ready and comfortable with speaking Maybe publicly. Maybe debate team or speakers. Yes. Yeah, interesting. It's beautiful, beautiful. And then, yeah, and then it's everything about, you know, thinking about what you'd want to wear. I mean, really think about the whole process, not just, you know, not just the talent or not just, oh, well, I want to walk around in that nice gown. It's a, it's a whole package, right? So which begets confidence, being able to do that and doing it well, you're confident or you need to be confident first to do that. Like it seems to, in all of these different uh, disciplines, whether it's walking in a gown or playing a flute or speaking, you need the confidence. But for these young girls, what, what can you tell parents to help, help their young ladies become more confident? Right. Well, to lift them up, even starting, you know, starting at home. Right. So it's a, you know, oh honey, you, you want to try this talent and then really support them through. And if there, if there's something they can improve on, help them learn how to do that and really just lift them up from a family perspective first, because that's one of the things I love about when I attend a pageant, you know, it's so funny to listen to the audience and hear, you know, you know who some of the families are out there oh, because yes, they are screaming oh, yeah. so you loud. Hear, you can hear the, the fan factions yeah. out there. <laughs> and you know, I think part of that is that they know they've had a part in that too. Right. right? And, and it's that's been a journey. Yeah. That's my daughter or my, my sister. Neighbor. And I think I helped her get here in some small or big way. Mm-hmm. You know, what a beautiful feeling, right? Yeah. Yeah. That is beautiful. So what would you say to a, a young lady? Because we already talked about that it is empowering. Yes. But what if a young much. lady says, I'm talented, I'm beautiful, but I just don't want to be on display. I just don't. What would you say to kind of negate that to, to a young lady? So a fantastic question. I think especially now. So, you know, there's in the Miss America system, you know, there's been a change in the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. So we're now to Miss America 2.0. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, which is actually going to take sort of the swimsuit. I know you were talking about a, a bigger part of this, but taking the swimsuit out and going to extend the interview process. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, so there won't, you know, going forward from this point forward, there won't be any more you know, swimsuit as part of Miss America. It's going to be an extended interview. Right? So, and that's the interview we don't see as an audience? Yeah. I wish we saw more of the interview as an audience in a way. Yeah, yeah. And I do, actually, I do think there's a component of what you do see that's going to be extended too. Oh, nice. Uh, but, you know, it, but they're totally taking away the swimsuit part. And, you know, and so fascinating to me. So in this pageant, I just judged this past weekend, one of the questions we would ask is, so how do you feel about Miss America taking away the swimsuit? And I was actually sort of anticipating that most would say, you know, we're good with it. More than not, people, the contestants were you know, I'm really going to miss it because I think that physical health is such an important part of a well-balanced person. And, you know, I really looked forward to, you know, sort of showing how physically fit I am. And I thought that was a beautiful way to look at it because, Mm -hmm. you know. Hmm. And I like for the, is it the juniors or is it, that, that do physical fitness as like, a, and they come life, out the lifestyle and fitness. Lifestyle. That, that's fitness, the teen pageant. And they come out and yeah. they do the twirl and yeah. the jumps and the, and the push up or the I like squat. that. I feel like that's yeah. so, that's celebrating, you know, a, a healthy, a healthy lifestyle. And it's almost like a commercial exactly. to everyone sitting out there in the audience to get up. Can <laughs> yes. you do this? <laughs> go do it. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes I can't. Mary. <laughs> no. So are there always five judges, Michael? Um, it can extend to seven, okay. uh, but typically ev- almost every panel I've ever been on is five. Five. And so have you ever, you know, I, I'm I'm sure Mary and I had our favorites as we were hosting the pageant, but as a judge, you know, you're invested in this, in this yes. contest and you, you've met the ladies and you've done these interview questions and all of those things. Have there been moments where you were like, this girl has to win. I know she's the best. And then she doesn't place like. Have there been, or or, you, or is usually the person you want is somewhere in the top three or like, how does that my, work? My, my experience has been, 
it, it, for, from my perspective that usually who I'm seeing as a clear winner is going to show up somewhere in that top five. Okay. Uh, sometimes I'm surprised if I think, if I think they're a shoe in for, you know, first place or being the winner. Uh, and sometimes they're a fourth place because, and that's really the beauty to me of, you know, having the five different perspectives of five different people as judges, mm-hmm. because what I see is, you know, perfect on this scale of, you know, cause it's a one to 10 grading scale with 10 being perfection. Mm-hmm. Right, right, right. And so it's really rare, you know, for me to like give a 10. Mm-hmm. It's also rare for me to give a one. We do try to use the whole scale so that it's very, you know, balanced and fair. Uh, but it's so fascinating to me to watch. And there have been those times for sure when I've looked and gone, wait, she should be, the, she should have the crown. And wait, you know, she's number three. <laughs> yeah. And, and do you guys, you know, cause after you're, you have done your final scores and you've turned in your sheets yeah. and the kind of over, the judges go back, you know, and kind of leave the, the yes. space. Do all of you go, Oh my gosh, I picked so-and-so. Or, no, this one's no, going to win. Actually, that's, is it uh, taboo? It is. It, we, it, they, as part of the instructions and guidelines they give you, uh-huh. it's, it's like, you know, you're really never to really discuss, you know, your feelings about a contestant anywhere during the process because let's let's just pretend that that, that was sense. okay you know mary and i are both judging we're at the dinner before the pageant and i say you know i really love number contestant number two and here's why and all of a sudden i'm sort of swaying mary's opinion right, 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 so right, it's right. really it is taboo to really discuss anything about a contestant that makes yeah. sense. during the judging process at all interesting mm. well, we only have about 90 seconds left so mm. i would just ask you and i hate that mary we never have enough time so michael you know you said these young ladies devote so much of their time to this why do you devote so much of your time to yeah pageantry? michael what do you I, good I, thank you <laughs> i'll tell you what it is so very rewarding to me uh to watch the growth you know I, i've seen such growth i was just talking earlier uh, you know about that one contestant that i saw in one pageant and three or four years later had seen such growth and to think that you can be a part of someone standing on that Miss Florida stage, that Miss America stage. Mm. And to think that you had any small part of that is mm. so rewarding to me. And I've, I've just experienced such growth. And, you know, I think things about, you know, how Miss America has partnered with the Children's Miracle Network that, oh, by the way, has raised over $16 million wow. for wow. the Children's Miracle Network. That's and major. to think that you could be a part of that too. Yeah, yeah. It's just, it's been a real blessing in my life. Wow. And I'm so thankful for the experience. Oh, you just lit up when you said that. I was going to say that. I was just going to say he's got a big old smile uh-huh. on his face. Well, Michael, it's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you. And thank you, you for well. your thank service you so much. Uh, to the world of pageantry. Yeah, and telling us more about it. Now I feel more like officially educated. I'm going to get you a crown, Mary. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like more, we're more ready now. So if too. we get invited to host a pageant again, <laughs> we'll know If more. we don't, we did a really bad yeah. job today. <laughs> That's true. Well, listeners, oh, thank you. Real for, quick, can I tell our listeners? Yeah. Faith Arts Village Orlando is this Friday night. Favo. Favo this Friday nine. night. Mm-hmm. So uh, make sure you join us back here on Magic 107.7 F- FM. Same time, same place next week.